0: everyone and welcome to dinner with a movie i'm one of your hosts blake gilmore and with me here as always
1: is jose Marroquin, the second host but today we've got a special guest one of my best friends valerie clark guys that's your cue (laughs)
2: hi guys thank
0: hello thank you for being here how are you
2: yeah thanks for having me you know i'm here i'm good how are you guys
0: fantastic we, we had to make you go through a bunch of hoops to to actually be here uh because this is uh, over discord at the moment which which is um we've never had to do before so it, it was it was a little complicated
2: yeah but yeah i agree
0: <laughs> but now that we have you here we're here to talk about uh, is this your favorite movie Val, or just one of your favorite movies
2: my number one no it's not my number one movie okay um yeah no it's what, I really uh, like it but it's not my number one
0: what made you want to want to pick this one as as want to talk about
2: um well mainly because i watched this movie um not when it first came out a couple years after and i really liked it um and not a lot of people saw it when i saw it um but i don't know i feel like there's a lot to break down about this movie and it's just a movie i really enjoy oddly enough um because there's some humor in it there's you know, some sad moments, some really happy moments, some funny moments. So I really liked that. And I really appreciate that about the movie, too. So
0: yeah, yeah. it's one of those oddball like indie comedies that for some reason slipped under my radar, because I didn't watch this movie until I think a couple months ago. So it was kind of kind of recent, but I went ahead and watched it again just just for this. But yeah, I've I i I've heard about it a lot. And this is one of those that even my mom had had talked about before. Um mm-hmm. And she's she watches a lot of movies, but not a lot of like these smaller movies. It's always like some I don't know, some Hallmark lifetime movie that she she's talking to me about.
2: Hey, hey, don't or, hit on the Hallmark movie.
0: Or Shrek okay, one I'll take a step three. back. I apologize
3: for that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
1: <laughs> When we should really have your mom on one week. Oh, have that'd her, be great. Have her talk about her favorite movie.
0: Oh, uh I don't know. But I if don't know, yeah, but that'd if we had fantastic. these
1: problems with Discord how is your mom going to figure out Discord?
0: It'd <laughs> <laughs> be impossible.
1: You would have to drive to... Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's where she lives Drive now.
1: to... Set her all up and then drive back to... Or just record with her there. I'll be the remote one. Hey,
0: Jose, while you're at uh, telling everyone about the location of my mom, why don't you go ahead and give her give her, give everyone this her social cu- security number as well?
1: Uh, I probably <laughs> could figure it out. Just tell me where she was born. You know social security. You know how I feel no. about social security numbers.
0: Wait. <laughs> I, I, wait, you have an opinion on social security numbers? I do. So they're dumb. don't open
2: that. No, no, but please don't open
1: wait, that. Wait, have out. you heard this before, Val? She, she has. She's heard all of my
2: rants. <laughs> oh all of them.
1: Okay, so social security numbers are. Are all like or at least I think prior to 2013, there was a strict pattern to it. So you could essentially figure out anybody's social security number if you have basic information like the city that they were born in, um, the month and the hospital essentially. So so they're not and they're not meant to be secure, but they're technically the most secure number that you have. and there's no way that the government ever intended for them to actually be secure. They're kind of a waste of, uh, it's like the worst identification number you can have.
0: I had no idea that this was a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a penny, how we need to get rid of the penny. Yeah. Exactly like that.
1: E- ex- exactly <laughs> like the penny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what, is, uh, what did we eat today, Jose?
1: Uh, well, today we had uh, waffles a la modi. A la uh, Yeah,
3: A-Modi.
1: it was actually Val's idea. It I was. I mean, there's... There wasn't really anything else to eat in the movie, but it was still a good idea nonetheless.
2: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that
0: yeah uh
1: Blake um
0: you, we, we could have had like a lot waffles? of chicken too. we could have had buckets of chicken. we
1: could have had a <laughs> bucket of chicken, and I oh. would have been as mad as Alan Arkin is eating chicken <laughs> as that. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with him and his thoughts on chicken for dinner.
0: Dude, I have chicken. There was a time in my life when I was going to film school where I had fried chicken every single night for weeks at a time. Like I would oh. go home and I'd get Popeyes and I'd fall okay, asleep on the Okay, but Popeyes couch.
2: is really good though.
0: Yes. I'm so glad <laughs> you agree. It was, it's the best choice for it.
2: Well,
1: I mean, yeah. I don't deny that fried chicken is good, but I had to get Tired of it every night for dinner.
0: Yeah, and and my roommates would find me like asleep on the couch with fried chicken in hand, watching Psych.
1: I imagine you like uh like fat bastard in Austin <laughs> Powers with <laughs> yep. like the chicken just lying <laughs> <in> the, exactly <laughs> <laughs> lying in bed with the chicken.
0: <laughs> oh my god. So Val, did you did you make your own um, waffles uh, and, and ice cream? No, oh, homemade. No. No, I didn't no so... I no I didn't no 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 no
2: no. No, I didn't make it. No, of course not.
0: <laughs> no. But what did you have as your I, as your well, ice well, cream no, and waffles so of choice?
2: I still had ice cream and waffles, but I mean, I, one I don't own like I would have made it homemade, honestly, but I'm way more of a pancake person, unpopular opinion, I think pancakes are better than waffles.
0: Um, Yeah, I might go with you there. Your name's Waffle
1: Boy on Discord.
0: I made that when I was like 10. Do you think I should have the opinion of 10-year-old Blake? Stand
1: by your values, (laughs) Blake.
0: (laughs) Sorry, but I'll continue before you're rudely interrupted by Jose.
2: (laughs) No, I was just saying, I think that, it's just that I think pancakes are better than waffles. I see why people like waffles, but I'm just more of a pancake person. But the superior breakfast food is obviously French toast. That's not up for debate. So you're not going to
0: change my mind on that. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Yeah, I think oh, French great. French okay, toast good. at least have they the ha- French toast has the most um
1: it has a je ne sais quoi. To
0: je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, but it, I feel like that's the most effort into it. You know, like pancake batter is literally just batter, water and make it. And then and and then French toast is like you got to put some vanilla extract in there. You got to put some egg in there. You gotta. <laughs> I guess it's not that complicated. Where, where do crepes
1: lie on this in terms of effort? Like, are they in between pancakes and French toast, or because I feel crepes oh. are harder to make?
0: See, I normally don't like most breakfast crepes, but I, I like there's like there's like the handheld, and I, I think it's the Japanese style crepes mm-hmm. that I love. Mm-hmm. I
1: didn't know there was Japanese mm-hmm. crepes.
0: I I think that's what the the. Term is for them because it's like different between like having it rolled on your plate and it's basically like an it's like a waffle cone structure with filling in it but you're holding it like a regular like cone.
1: I could eat that, I like that. It's great, yeah. Handheld food is the future,
0: yeah. Well, uh, Val, did you have EGO waffles like we did?
1: Of course,
0: yeah, we had the same thing, yeah,
1: not sponsored, of course, yeah. Not, not sponsored,
2: <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> I yeah. love having ice cream on waffles. This was something that I didn't know was possible in my house until about mid high school when when <laughs> I th- had the idea to do it. And afterwards it was one of those things where I I didn't think it was allowed because my mom wouldn't allow it.
2: Oh yeah, it's and not a very mom friendly meal. No, absolutely
0: not. <laughs> it's 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 like that cookies for breakfast sort of thing, you know? Like that you get the dessert for breakfast.
3: Right,
2: I like how they just right. let her eat
1: it. Like, the mom barely puts up a fight oh, when Oh, but she to, shouldn't,
0: though. I mean, that was the whole point of the scene. Right.
2: Right. Well, she, and I also, mean, to be fair, the ice cream wasn't on top of the waffle. She got the ice cream before.
0: Oh, that's true. I didn't right, think to sense. And to she
2: me. gets chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla ice cream, which I'm... I'm a, I am ai love ice cream, for one. I should put that out there. Like, ice cream is very, very sacred to me. But... I wouldn't have, cho- and as much as I love chocolate ice cream, I wouldn't eat chocolate ice cream with waffles,
0: so. Totally agree. That's why we chose vanilla in the end, because I think vanilla with waffles is the, the only way to go. Yeah, for sure. I've had I've had green tea ice cream with waffles before. That's interesting. That sounds weird. It was pretty good.
1: Okay. It was pretty good, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not a green tea guy.
0: I See, I never liked yeah, green I'm tea neither. ice cream. Well, yeah, I remember I was like at a, at a restaurant with my parents, like when I was way young and I got green tea ice cream, I thought it was disgusting, but now I've, I've woke, (laughs) I'm woke to it. Um, you might, you might be able to relate to this. I, um, was using a fork to eat this and, Uh, um, you can imagine what Jose started talking about. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't think this was going to get just level this soon into into this. Um, unfortunately, we, we yes, can
0: scream at each other on this if you if you do are so inclined.
2: No, no. I mean, you know, I I understand Jose's passion for spoons, and I do agree that spoons are very very useful utensils. However, I did eat these with a fork because I felt in the time it was the best utensil to use. Sorry, bud, but. <laughs> You
0: know. <laughs> Did you also use a knife? No. Okay, so you were just you were just free free forking it.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, free the fork. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, I I I use the fork too, but I would admit for this meal particularly with the ice cream on top, I would permit a spoon. But normally, I don't. Well, think I didn't you have should. it on
2: top. I had it next to it. Um,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, but it was on the same plate, and I felt so wrong eating the ice cream with a fork. It it really hurt my soul, but I got it, over it because I wanted to eat it. So,
1: <laughs> I, I I requested a spoon, but I didn't request one. I just said it would have been better.
0: Oh right, I, I forced you to use a yeah, fork. You forced
1: me to use a fork. It's fine. That's my <laughs> whole life. I think I was. Uh, I don't remember the specific instance. It might have been yesterday. Remember being at a restaurant and eating something and thinking, "Wow, this would be a lot more pleasurable if I was using a spoon to eat it." <laughs> and the like the default is obviously forks at every restaurant, you know, most restaurants only give you a spoon when you get order dessert. But I just I just want that I just want equality. I want to be provided all three utensils when I sit down.
0: Would you like me to go out of my way to have to clean three things whenever yeah. you're over? No, no, no. Restaurants. Not oh, okay. not not you personally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was about to I'll be
2: sure. <laughs> I'll be sure. <laughs> I'll be sure when I no. open my restaurant that I will make sure everybody gets their three utensils just for I'm gonna you. I'm going to start
1: writing a letter to Chili's every time I go and let them know I want to spoon in my little uh, brown <laughs> paper bag.
0: <laughs> oh so, goodness. enough about the the waffles and ice cream, although they were fantastic and I and I will forever have that as an actual meal of mine. But um, do you have some facts about the movie, Jose? I don't know if you wrote it down this time.
1: I do. I didn't write anything down for Harry Potter, and I didn't realize it till after the fact.
0: Everyone knows. Written and directed <laughs> by J.K. Rowling. Non-problematic at all. But- <laughs> <laughs> Very
1: woke. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do have stuff about Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, it came out in 2006. It Runtime is an hour, 41 minutes. The directors are Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. And the writer is Michael Arndt. Um, Did you look up like what they did?
0: No, I didn't. I was leaving this all up to you. And also, sometimes I don't feel like doing it. And thank you for doing it.
1: (laughs) Uh, I always find it interesting because, you know, I like to find ideas for what other things, um, you know, what other movies I might want to watch that they do. But the only other things that the directors had done and kind of still do is music videos. Specifically for Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, and REM.
0: The they absolutely would do that, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see I could <laughs> see these being for that. Although Red Hot Chili Peppers in in the old days were pretty, they were pretty like almost punk, like in their in their stage performances.
1: Yeah, they were doing the Red Hot Chili stuff like earlier than their like early Red Hot Chili. Um, and then the writer, he's done not a lot of things, but he did Toy Story 3. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, he wrote uh, Force Awakens, Star Wars. And then he contributed to the script of Inside Out, too.
0: I love this guy, then.
1: That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But both the writer and directors, not a lot of, like, actual movie or TV Um they're at least their their repertoire is very small which i thought was interesting so not a lot to watch from them but they really hit it out of the park like the just the writers and all of, or the writer and the directors they were like oh we have our chance this is it full send and then they did it
0: yeah i i think this this movie has such a fun energy to it it's it's I don't know at the time when it was made, because we kind of talked about how 500 is a summer has that same kind of quirky, fun, indie feel to it.
1: It's the same feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to Val about it. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I got the exact same energy from both movies. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, shocking to me that Val likes this movie, because she doesn't really <laughs> like quirky indie movies.
2: <laughs> I, I'm but, more picky about them, yes.
0: Did say. this one not kind of register to you as one of those? It was not like the other I'm, indie movies?
2: Um, I don't know. Maybe the vibe of it is different. I'm not sure. I mean, I do. I do enjoy 500 Days of Summer, but, um, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of, I like movies more than TV shows, but I'm still really picky about both. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess it is, if you know the type of movies I watch, it is kind of shocking that I liked this movie, but maybe because I've seen it previously, like as a younger kid, and I knew I liked it, maybe that's why. I don't know. I don't it's
1: know. no 90 Day Fiancé. I'll give you that.
2: It's no 90 Day Fiance. Hey, do you, don't do bang on my reality. I
0: worked no, on I that need... show.
2: You worked Listen, on 90 Day Fiancé? I worked on 90 Day Fiancé.
0: Be- uh, Happily Ever After and Before the 90 Days are the ones I worked on, uh, like the spinoff well, shows.
2: That's so awesome. Okay, really, he's only making fun of me because I play it at work, and I just like having bad reality TV sometimes, you know?
0: No, I absolutely understand.
2: I need, like, background noise when I do either my work or, like, my homework, and, you know, Jose already makes fun of me by how many times I've watched The Office all the way through, so I figure why not spice it up a little bit, you know? It's a 90-day fiancé.
0: I've never watched an episode, (laughs) but I totally, even just working on it, I totally understand why it would have such a mass appeal and and I I feel the same but mo- mostly it's like those Ramsey shows like Hell's Kitchen and stuff that really <laughs> grab oh, me and just make me I feel love like that. yes oh, is that your I favorite reality tv show Blake Hell's Kitchen might be my favorite reality show
2: okay I really yeah. support that I do
0: I, I was I, I was kind of bummed they they um they were filming in town I think last year or they did two seasons yeah they were yeah mm-hmm and good thing they did too, because they definitely wouldn't be able to film one this year.
1: No, <laughs> they would have been canceled. <laughs>
0: hey. um, How did you, I, I, I wanted to get into a conversation about, what was the little girl's name was Olive? Olive. Olive. Yeah. How did you mm-hmm. feel about Olive as a person in general, Val?
2: Um. Well, so she's a, you could tell like at least in the beginning, which one fun fact, she actually wore a fat suit for that role. I found out really yeah yeah Oh, I didn't know that Uh uh-huh so you can tell like as a little girl she was so like she found the the pageant girls in Miss America so admirable and I think she's just she's just so innocent and I feel like she's such an innocent little girl who just wants to be noticed and wants to be you know just she wants to be a beauty queen um I personally can't relate to her in that sense but I can appreciate a really cute, you know, seven-year-old child as a character, at least.
0: Yeah, there's something, there's something so sweet about seeing someone at such a young age have that blind optimism and that that right. innocence in that way.
2: Well, and so even imp- when uh, she's talking to um, Uncle Frank, Steve Carell, um, about about how he was trying to kill himself. And you can even, she, even after he says, oh, well, you know, you fell in love with the boy. She goes, that's silly. Like, (laughs) she's just so innocent in the movie. And I think it's really cute. I don't know. I just, I don't know. There's something about her character that I think is just so adorable and innocent.
1: She's so impressionable. She goes Mm -hmm. from character to character mimicking what they do. Um, And, you know, she's trying to figure out who she is. You know, she's a child. Like, She's definitely doesn't she. She knows who she is, and she's still being affected by her family members. And he, despite them all being negative, she still comes out pretty positive. And she's and definitely she's a, a girl. Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. her performance is without a doubt the best part of the
0: movie. Yeah. Was I, she? I, was she nominated for an Oscar? for She this? was nominated
1: for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Uh, I think she lost to. Mm, I can't tell you right now. I was looking it up because I was upset that she didn't win.
0: Whoever it is, fuck them. I know that. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I think it was for Dream Girls. I know that was the movie. Okay. I can't tell you the actress right now.
0: Did you. I took you to Room, right? I took some of our roommates to room. Maybe you weren't there. The, Mm. the, the boy in that, I can't remember what his name is. Um, Jacob, uh, Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he was fantastic too. I love, I love when like a kid can, can act in a way where you don't see most adults be able to perform in that way. And I wonder if there's, there's like gotta be a bell curve of like, or maybe not a bell curve. Um, There's like a point when a child is so full of imagination and able to just do that stuff. And then like when you start thinking too much, like maybe in your teens or so, that probably drops off because like you're too much in your head. And then like when you're able to hone a craft as like later as an adult, I feel like that goes back up in acting ability.
1: Right. Well, there's no part in this movie with her where, you know, a lot of the times I feel like you can criticize kids being nominated for these roles and say, oh, they're doing subpar work, but they're getting nominated because they're a kid. But I truly think, like, there's no doubt of her performance. There's no, she has no doubt in her performance. She's, like you said, she's so full of imagination. I genuinely believe that she's this character. And I don't think it would have worked with any other, like, an older, actor an older kid actor like saying a teenager i don't think it would have worked
0: yeah the next thing i remember her in is uh zombie land yeah or was she in <laughs> something notable before that um
2: her 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 childhood is kind of i don't really know many from her childhood i more from like know from zombie land on
0: yeah yeah um, she was she was so good i i, I wanted to bring all of up and kind of and i know you weren't there for this episode val but when we talked about 500 days of summer. Um, I know the age gap is there between her and Chloe Moretz's character. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know I had some qualms with Chloe Moretz's character because it's like that, that, um, way too smart for a a kid that age sort of. Right. And this felt like such a more like, I'm obviously it's a different type of person, but this felt like such a more heartfelt, like, like little, little kid in, in the, and seeing people try to relate to her and try to talk to her about their own lives is is mm-hmm. to me, this is like seeing a child react to that stuff more innocently and more more kind of uh, I feel like a child should is more interesting to me than it is, oh she what quirky one liner is she gonna give to this to this guy at this moment, you know? And um She feels real. Right, exactly. She feels like yeah. a real mm-hmm.
1: kid that you could you know, you could you could definitely believe a kid talking to their gay uncle and saying you fell in love with a boy that's silly like mm-hmm. that's things kids say so it's a, it's a pat on the back to not only her but to the writers too she she feels like a real kid
2: mhm yeah I she's really going through that it.
0: yeah she's going through that struggle of like having half of her well, maybe not half but part of her family like really supporting her the whole way and then part of her like kind of bringing her back to because like i guess we can shift into how the the dad is and mm. e- everyone in this movie has an arc related to their personal dreams and aspirations and and the subsequent failure of that um where it seems like the dad lost his his deal the olive um bombed at the Pageant, although she didn't really bomb, she had a great time. I no,
3: she, she yeah.
1: <laughs> Miss California thought otherwise. She's clapping the entire <laughs> oh, I time I love that,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. she was really getting down with it.
0: Yeah, and and um Paul Dano, I can't remember what his character's name is. Um but um, he, he's Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah, losing losing the ability to be, be a uh a flyer a pilot. for the yeah, pilot. And um and obviously Steve carell's character, um going through everything he did. He's kind of like, and I feel like failure is not the right word for it, but he's kind of like post failure at this point and seeing the fallout of that. And he comes to term with his, his um bottoming mountain life by watching. um, I just forgot his name. Paul Dano's character. <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne. <Duane>, seeing Dwayne <laughs> bottom out like that. And I feel like them being able to relate at that moment brought them both up. I think this is the whole theme of this to me is about failure and dealing with failure and, and what the proper way to, to cultivate your dreams are. And that slippery slope between being so hard on yourself that you're destructive and, and just doing what you love, how you love it.
2: I agree.
1: I think the best part about this movie is that none of the characters get fixed or resolved you know uh what's the dad's name uh Richard right Greg here mm-hmm. he doesn't get his book deal the mom and the uh Cheryl they're still bankrupt the grandpa's dead Dwayne can't be a pilot and Frank is still uh a gay depressed man with suicidal still, thoughts right who still isn't the uh uh the world renowned scholar that he once was none of them get what they had or what they wanted but the m- movie still lets you feel like they accomplished something
0: well cuz they were all right up on that stage together at the end i think that's that's really like where they were all kind of in their own pools of despair they were able to get together and have that moment of at least supporting olive in that last last moment yeah um val not to get like too personal but i'm curious how this movie's oh. message of kind of following your dreams and 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 being realistic with yourself in that way and and just that kind of broad spectrum of of you know failure's not an option and um only losers say sorry and stuff <laughs> like that I'm, I'm curious if that resonated at all with you in like any any personal way
2: Yeah, um, I would say I probably sit somewhere in the middle, um, mainly because I'm very, I'm my own, like I'm my toughest critic. um, And Jose kind of gets on me a lot and a lot of my other friends. Um, I'm like really hard on myself and I expect a lot from myself. Um, So, yes, and I'm very goal driven. So, you know, before Jose makes it a meme, yes, I am in nursing school, if you didn't figure that out. Um, and it's been, you know, a really tough road that I'm still on. And for me, I've, I've, you know, I've wanted to do this ever since I was little. So I understand as far as like the movie goes to connect it to that, Olive's like passion to just want to be, you know, Miss California or whatever, whatever crown she gets. I get that, you know, because she has her ultimate goal. Granted, it's a beauty pageant, but you know, whatever floats your boat. So I, I definitely resonate in that um and having a dysfunctional family sometimes I re- resonate with too. maybe not exactly in her case, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like i I can relate to that in some sense for sure,
0: yeah, I feel like the message of like uh of the kind of uh your your worst moments are your, like uh, the uncle's speech at the end talking about how those years that you're struggling are the best years of your life. And can, can the kind of the, you're struggling going through nursing school and everything like that, that whole journey, I guess, do you feel like that's something you might be able to look back on and just kind of be like, yeah, that kind of, that was rough, but you know.
2: Oh, for sure. Cause you know, you can ask Jose, it's almost like a, every eight week thing. I, I don't think I can do it because it just seems like each time it kicks you lower, it kicks you harder. And, um, I sometimes don't see that, you know, light sometimes. Um, so it almost seems like every time I get over one little, one session or one class, it's like, okay, yeah, we can do that. But it seems like I don't know. I mean, at the end of the movie, even though it wasn't necessarily a happy ending, you can still I can I'm able to look back, you know, and say, wow, like that point really sucked. But I made it out alive and I'm here. And that's a good thing to look on, even though I'm not, you know, the best person I could be coming from it. But I'm still here, you know, and I think that that movie plays on that really well because it's not a happy ending, She's not allowed to perform in those beauty pageants in the state of California (laughs) ever again. Her grandpa, her best friend, which I can relate to because my papa is my everything. Her grandpa's now dead. And you know, in the back of their trunk. (laughs) Well, I mean, not on the way back home, but, (laughs) but you know, like it's not a really happy ending. So it kind of gives viewers a realistic view on that. Like, Yeah, that sucked, and that was a really long road to get there. But hey, we're still here. We're still kicking. So, And I feel like I I try to have that mentality.
1: I think that's a big theme of the movie. Um, Because I was watching an interview with the writer of the screenplay, and he's essentially saying that the reason he started this, he wrote this movie, is because he read a quote by Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: saying essentially, the pump is better than coming <laughs> no <laughs> oh my! God.
1: i wish that was a quote <laughs> but him essentially saying i hate losers that's the quote and he read that and he and he thought that's a terrible way to think about life and the, the 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 one of the big themes of the movie is that you're allowed to have failure but just because you failed doesn't make you a loser. There are no right. losers and winners. What, And her grandpa, I think, says a lot of the themes of this movie. You know, all that matters is that you tried. And there's a tipping point where they're in the hospital and, and Richard is like, you know what? We're taking the body and we're going. And it's the first time in the movie where instead of him talking about his nine steps and where you have to act or whatever it is, it's the first time in the movie where he actually does something. And he's like, you know what? That's it. We're going to at least try to make it to this, uh, pageant. And that's the whole point of the movie. You know, you just have to try. It doesn't make you a loser or a winner. Just what matters is that you tried. And I, that's the main thing I took out of the movie
0: yeah, to go back to what to what Val was saying about how it kind of feels like the overarching f- feels like it's not exactly a, a happy ending. And it's not, it's not really, if you think about it, it's not a happy movie, but it's a comedy. And and to go with, with what Steve Carell had said that these are the best times of your life is looking at it from their point of view, it's horrible for them. They're going through all this awful stuff. But, but watching the movie is entertaining. Even seeing the grandpa die while sad at first, it's funny. They're throwing his body through a hospital window, throwing him in a trunk, and then being pulled over by a police officer that then gets interested in their nudie mags. Oh. <laughs> like, it's it's such a it's sad in real life, but, like, a really funny series of events that I think is a lesson in itself saying, like, Find the humor in what you're going through now. Find the goodness in what you're going through now because when you're not going through all this, it's not going to be as exciting at the end because you're just going to be, I don't know, you're not going to be learning anything like like um, Mr. Carell had said. And, and God, that nine-step program, man, that <laughs> beginning speech with that dad I can't tell you how many times I've sat through those in some respect.
1: Didn't you go, like, haven't you met people at Starbucks or like a coffee shop? <laughs> I have, to go I've gone that? to
0: one of those. I have been invited to one of in those. In Reno, right? In Reno, yeah. yeah. So I, I got a haircut next to my pizza hut where I worked. And the lady there was like, oh, my husband is an entrepreneur and would love oh, to talk that's to an you. Evelyn
3: right and and, and
0: so i i met him at this starbucks and he started talking to me all about how you're going to become your own boss you're going to retire by the time you're 28 you know the typical talking points and he's like all you got to go is go to free seminar at unlv and um then we'll get you started, and I'm like, okay, sure. What's the job? And he just said, all you gotta do is go to the seminar at UNLV. Just say, okay, what's the job? And then it just turned into just. I remember we had like we had like an argument over voicemails after the fact because I was like calling him out <laughs> on his bullshit, and then he was then he was telling me like, listen, man, if you want to fail at life, if you don't want to have, what kind of exactly what he was saying. The dad right. saying is like, listen, if you don't, if you want to be a loser, like. You're going to not follow up on this. And yeah, dude, those guys.
1: You instantly hate Richard. Like from the scene, from the second you see him, you maybe not hate, but you're looking at him and you're like, wow, this guy's full of shit.
0: It's not really until later where you can kind of feel like, okay, he's trying to do something. He's trying to like help people is Mm -hmm. really what his idea is. He may be doing it entirely wrong, but that's really what he wants to do
1: and you definitely can see he cares about olive and he wants the what's best for her even though if it's if it's his weird nine-step way of doing it he he still supports her he still takes her decides to do the trip to the pageant he's still very supportive but it's it's one of those things where it does well where both parents are supportive of their kids but not in the way they need to be supported so the parents don't think they're doing anything wrong. And, you know, I think that is what Dwayne feels. He knows that he just hates everyone. Uh, he's probably my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. I wish he would have been nominated for supporting actor.
0: He went on to do some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. He's Paul Dano is a fantastic actor. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the uh, Riddler. The Riddler, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm excited. That,
0: that scene in the car with him figuring out he's he can't be a a pilot.
2: Oh my gosh, that scene brutal. breaks my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's not even saying a word. He's just kicking the the walls. Oh, it hurts.
1: Like, yeah. I I was watching. And I was like, wow, this this hurts to watch. You can feel the pain that he, you know, everything he's been doing for what he, they said nine months.
0: Yeah. Nine months
1: was for nothing. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Val, which scene do you think hurt you the most?
2: Hurt me the most?
1: Yeah. This movie Um, has a lot of scenes where just, it hurts to watch.
2: There's a lot of scenes that hurt me, (laughs) honestly, but, they all hurt me kind of in in different ways. The scene where he he has a mental breakdown really is what it is, um, and I, that scene I think is the one that is one of the scenes that probably hits me the hardest. Just because, like you guys said, you know, he was doing all this for nine months just for his sister trying to pass the time with a color test for him to find out that he now can't fly planes, and you see this kid. Like within the what twenty seconds that this is happening, you see him like internally break down and then runs out of the van and is screwing at the top of his lungs. Like that that really breaks my heart because like he watched his dreams be broken. But then another scene that hurt me was how Olive just goes in her par- into her parents' hotel room and is like, Grandpa won't wake up. Like, come on. Like that that breaks my heart. And it also, the scene where um, Dwayne and Uncle Frank are figuring out, like, hey, maybe Olive shouldn't do this beauty pageant, um, also hits me a little different, too. Because being a woman, body images, you know, for most women, unless you're a super confident woman, like, kudos to you, because I am not. Like, I relate to that, because, you know, Olive just wants to be like them, and she's not. But. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a hard question because <laughs> a lot of scenes like that affect me, you know, differently. But, but that, the breaking down scene really hurt me pretty bad.
1: Body image is definitely a big theme of this movie. For sure. I think one of my favorite scenes is when Olive goes to Miss California and asks her if she eats ice cream.
3: I, I love don't know. That I don't scene. know why.
1: Yeah. But of the entire movie, if there's a scene that almost made me cry, it was like her saying yes, like just Mom, saying she
0: she said she eats ice cream. Yeah,
1: that yeah. was such an important scene yeah. for me. You know, because mm-hmm. it starts at the uh, at the breakfast scene. You can see the way her dad talks about her, talks to her about the ice cream, the way she acts in that scene. You can feel that that's something fundamental, though, for her, for the rest of her life. She's going to be thinking about ice cream and being fat for the rest of her life. And the fact that someone that she looks up to is able to tell her that, you know, it's okay to have ice cream is such an important scene for me. Because you're right, uh, body image is a huge issue, especially for young girls.
0: And their oh, decision yeah. to put her in a fat suit is is very interesting to... to drive that home even more um and i i wonder how big this suit was because i don't know if i fully support that decision um i don't think it could have been that big right yeah just like a slight a slight amount i don't know part of me just thinks nah i don't know i guess
2: I mean, I think it, I body. think it may be putting her in in the fat suit because it's not her body. Maybe that's why she was able to get into character so much. Right. You know, because otherwise it
0: might feel too personal maybe for her. Right. Wasn't, exactly. Her body, yeah.
2: Right? So, I mean, maybe that's why. I mean, maybe it was the, you know, the writer's decision to do that. Um, but, you know, you could argue both ways, like you should do that or you shouldn't do that. Because weight is something, you know, it's just so controversy
0: sometimes. It reminds me of their decision in the original Home Alone to make um, his his brother's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> the whole point was su- she was supposed to be ugly.
1: Wasn't it just him in like makeup?
0: It was like the, it was one of the people on set's son. Dressed in makeup because they didn't they didn't want an actual girl to be used as a. Face and then everyone's like, "Oh, he has an ugly girlfriend." Right? Yeah. So, so they, they just use their boy. It's like a boy and put makeup <laughs> on him. Um, because I, you're right. Like I feel like especially a child. Like, and it's already tough being a kid in Hollywood. Like having being a kid in Hollywood with a movie about how. <laughs> Sure, the whole point of the movie is to promote body positivity, but you are in the movie being called fat in some way. And that right. would be brutal on adults. And
1: it definitely highlights how Olive is not the same size as the other girls in the beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not even a suggestion. It, it lingers on that for quite a bit. And even Olive, like, looks down at herself. And there's a lot of scenes where Olive kind of just, like, touches her stomach mm-hmm. And like that really hurts me like just watching her like compare herself to other people. And she does at the beginning too when she's mimicking the 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 reaction from Miss California or Miss America.
0: Um god, I fucking hate child beauty pageants. Oh my god.
2: Oh, the, wow. tell us about that. My goodness. I can't just
3: just well, like I can't stand. I know
0: it's the point and like you're I mean, you're not supposed to hate beauty pageants because it's a movie, but you're supposed to kind of look at it more in like a um uh, think about the think about the reasoning that the parents are putting their kids through this. Like as opposed to Olive's parents, which are, hey, you wanna have fun. You wanna you wanna do what you wanna do, you wanna dance to Super Freak on the stage, it's fantastic. But all these other girls, like, is that really what they want, or do they just or do their parents just wanna kinda live through their kid in some weird, like I don't know, like some weird dress' up to look like beautiful adults' fantasy. That's just so bizarre. your
1: to me. reaction during the movie is exactly what Richard's face is, yes, as yeah. that scene progresses and he looks disgusted by what he's seeing, that's what the audience and feels. what's
0: what's so interesting about his specific reaction is that what he's reacting negatively to is the result of what would happen. If his nine step program was followed by his daughter correctly, <laughs> right. like if if Olive had done spray tans, had lost a ton of weight, like like the kid that got kicked out was, uh, uh, in, diet, in, pills. was diet pills. Mm-hmm. Right. And and he's he's reacting negatively to, wow, like uh, these kids um, compared to Olive, like this is not right. This, this whole method of failure is not an option. You can't be a loser. You have to be the best. You have to want to be the best is not, is the, and he figures out in that moment that that's not what life is about.
1: And I think that's why the end destination being a beauty pageant is perfect. It's the perfect destination for the movie. Cause you know, it's the point it's like saying it's not about winners and losers, and you get to this pageant where it's clearly all about winners and doing everything that it takes to win. And it just takes this, the comp, like a huge superficial example of his nine step program, like you're saying, for him to realize, oh shit, I'm wrong about this. I also just yeah. love Super Freak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: As a kid, when I first saw this movie, I learned the dance. Oh, really? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, I wanna say I was like maybe ten and I saw this movie, I was like, I'm gonna learn that dance. And I did. <laughs>
0: did did you do the whole like uh, like taking the clothes off and in, in specific Absolutely moments and throwing I them did. at the crowd? Oh, Absolutely, that's so funny. I
1: did. did you have a little top hat too <laughs> yeah. so that you throw into the <laughs> audience? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I used my older brother's like uh, the breakaway pants. Oh yeah, the whole nine.
0: Well, how did you but... view the the pageant as a whole? As when you when when you first watched it?
2: Oh well, I kind of feel the same way about about him as you do, Blake. Um, well, one side note: all of the competitors in the beauty pageant are actual like those children do it.
3: Oh, I really? found out
2: like except for Olive or Abigail all of those girls like in real life are actually they do beauty pageants
3: that makes sense
2: from what i read is they those are their gowns that they wear that's how they do their makeup and that's how they do their hair so um i mean the scene in itself it seems so like cookie cutter kind of cringy to me honestly because the one the host is creepy
3: Oh my god, if, if he's a guy, so I just wanted to punch him in the came, face.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like if a guy came behind my daughter and was singing like that song like that and looks at me, oh. you're I'm gonna jump on that stage just like Richard did. All of his face is what that motherfucker. Like don't oh, don't surname my daughter like that. You're just disgusting. Yeah, and
0: the mothers in the crowd were loving it. Like, they they were yeah, cutting like, directly yes. from him singing to the moms just like, yes, yes. And,
2: and it's
1: so ridiculous, you know, because these kids are being hypersexualized, right? That's what it is. That's what the beauty pageant is. And Olive, who's essentially doing a strip tease to Super Freak, is disgusting <laughs> to them. Right, you right. You know, which it's just a different type of sexualization because, mm-hmm. you know, her grandpa is this... Creepy old guy, you know, I mean, he's still her nice he's nice to her, but he's still a creepy old guy that taught his granddaughter super freak in the striptease.
0: <laughs> and told and told his uh his his grandson to fuck every girl you right. can.
2: <laughs> you know, fuck so a still, lot of women. Fuck
1: a yeah. lot of women. <laughs> so he's still this creepy old guy, and what she's doing is definitely sexualization sexualization to a point. But the fact that they're disgusted by her and totally fine with their daughters doing it is crazy hypocritical. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah, very hypocritical, of course.
0: The um that one mom or one of the judges that was singled out. Um the she... one with like the giant like yes. hair to the that... <laughs> She is in everything that has to do with like a Karen in in a position of power. She's always in it. she's in Donnie Darko as, as like head of the sparkle sparkle dance squad right she's in malcolm in the middle as one of the moms that is always just like super super uptight she is so 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 good in that role and like it just the whole pageant scene is just perfect and and it's 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 a great finisher because you see all of this like the creepy guy singing the the creepiness of the pageant as a whole that one tattooed guy that was sat next to the dad who was like who
1: loved the dance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. what's up with that guy what's his story i don't know they don't even they make this or were led to assume that he has a daughter there because he asks richard he's like oh is this like your first time or something like that so he's been to these pageants before.
0: But 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 that doesn't mean he has a daughter there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is he just there? <laughs> he might just be there.
2: He really I likes that, all his performance, though, because he's the only one to cheer at the yeah, end. Got up and, up.
0: and clapped. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's a good scene. Uh,
1: it, it is such a cringy scene. It is. And it's it is. it's a scene that I wish I could have watched in theaters. I think this is a movie that we would have watched and it would have gotten to that scene and you could probably feel the tension in the theater. And as cringy as it is, I like feeling that. I like the whole audience tensing up and they're like, oh my God, is this really happening right now? Yeah. And it's so good. It's For what it does for the movie, all of them, like, at no point do you expect them to ever want to get up on the stage and do that for her. Because you and... kind of feel
0: like secondhand embarrassment until they go up on the stage. And then you're like, fuck yeah, the whole mm-hmm. family's getting together now. Because really, before that, the only time you ever see them all together is pushing the van.
1: It's the only thing. Yeah, it's the only thing they do together. Uh, right, like so other than pushing the van. And what I love about it is that for a lot of the movie, the mom, Cheryl,'s kind of She's not the most important character or not the, she doesn't have the biggest character development.
0: That was one of my grapes too. But
1: she stands up for Olive in the right way. I think, you know, cause she totally could have listened to Dwayne and Richard and said, okay, you're not doing it. You're going to get made fun of, but she stands up for Olive cause she knows this is what Olive wants to do. Olive doesn't care if she gets made fun of or anything. And so, in this moment, she's kind of been sidelined, and she finally stands up for her and says, No, this is, she needs to do this. Not because she's going to grow or anything like that, but because this is what we're here to do, and she wants to do it. And that's my, that's like her character development, her growth, where she finally stands up for Olive to just let her be Olive. Mm -hmm.
0: Because in the beginning, she, Um. the, the dad um, was like right in the beginning, of course, like his, his like nine step program, or whatever is a little annoying, but he's supportive at least of, of Dwayne's uh, choice in, in his vow of silence. Cause it seems like Tony Collette is not, but he even tells her like, like it's discipline. Like, I think we should, we should support him here. And um, although m- most of his, ideas of success are wrong that that was one moment that i thought i agree with that like if if Dwayne thinks this is his step to what he wants to succeed then that's how they should and and right but one of my gripes was that i didn't feel like tony collette had an arc but now that you brought that up that does feel like her arc that she had a little tough time supporting that but then again she was the reason they went on the trip she convinced her husband to To take the trip.
1: I mean, also, how are you going to say no to Olive when she's running around the house screaming? (laughs) Um, Val has always said this, but she, when I have kids, I've already come to terms that I'm probably going to have all daughters. There's no way I would have said no. Like, yeah, if I had a daughter, she's just screaming, she's like, I want to do a beauty pageant. I could talk to her for hours about the... About why beauty pages are wrong, and then I would. Still and why do it. she
2: should fuck the man, but <laughs> yeah,
1: why <laughs> why we should eat the rich? Yeah. And then she just looked at me, and she's like, "But I want to go." i be like, "Okay, we're going." <laughs> you know, you can't. Um, uh, uh, I just she's she's so cute. I love Olive.
0: I wanted to see a little bit more of the mom's background. Did we hear much about the divorce other than? Other than Dwayne just yelling divorce at her?
1: Um, just that he, the reason that the whole pageant thing started is that Dwayne went to spend a couple of, like a week or so with his dad, and Olive went to spend a week with her sister. And then that's how she did the pageant in New Mexico, and that Dwayne went to go see his dad.
0: Dude, for some reason, none of that registered me. I had no idea that that was a thing.
1: Mhm. And then, because I think the sister's like her and Frank's sister, or Cheryl and yeah. Frank's sister, right?
2: Yeah, it and is, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so th- I guess they both went away for a couple of weeks, and then that that's where Dwayne was, Like I guess, right before the movie starts. It's very
2: subtle, it but you have to listen for it. It's very, very subtle.
0: Yeah, that, that divorce line took me off, so I guess I wasn't, paying attention enough at that beginning like the exposition and all that
1: um i really like steve carell's character and the way he's written especially considering you know he's the gay uncle but the fact that he's gay doesn't define his character in this movie a lot of movies run with these tropes and that's it that's like they diminish LGBT characters as stereotypes a lot of the times and you know Frank is gay and that's not his character defining trait at all in this movie he's he's his character defining trait at least in this movie is that he's depressed and suicidal and his relationship with his grad student and his educational career being ruined is what leads to it but it's not it doesn't define him as a character and uh, I really wish Steve Carell would have been nominated for this movie.
2: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, his his whole demeanor, um, even something about the way he says, uh, "What's the name of the philosopher or whatever guy that 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 Dwayne was following?" It's like uh, Nietzsche. Chi- Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche. Um, the <laughs> way he's just like, "So you're doing a vow of silence because of Nietzsche," and he walks away, and he I think he just says like. Uh, far out far out or something yeah. like that. I'm just like, man, this guy's cool. I like this guy. <laughs> just the way that he says that. And and he definitely feels like one one of those that is just kind of along for the ride because he literally has to. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like Dwayne, how they're both required to go in that way.
1: And that's how they both have that uh, they develop a special relationship between the two of them.
0: How they're kind of not with the family but forced to be with the family. And, um, I think he's the one that Dwayne mainly talks to through, through writing, I think through most because so. he's, yeah. he's like kind of the only one that's talking to him, I think. And asking well, he
2: also bunks with him, like he sleeps in his right. room too. And I knew they were going to have a kind of a special relationship, uh, especially rewatching it when Frank gets to the house and she's like, you know, you're going to bunk with Dwayne, like. You know, it's because you can't be by yourself and all this. They say that a lot in the movie, like subtly. Like, oh, yeah, well, Frank can't be by himself. Frank can't be by mm-hmm. himself. He can't have a knife, all that. Um, But he type he writes out on the note, welcome to hell. And <laughs> yeah. shows it to him. And I was like, I feel like to me, that's almost like a foreshadowing of, oh, you know what? They might actually have a good relationship. And then he goes, oh, thanks, buddy. That means a lot coming from you. And then that's that's it. Would you say that's really your? Like that.
1: Would you say that's your favorite relationship in the movie? Because there's a couple really special ones, I think. Uh, Dwayne and and Frank definitely being one of them. But do you think that's your favorite?
2: Like, do I think Dwayne and like Steve? Do I think they're my favorite?
1: Like in terms of how they interact, because you know Olive and Grand and her Grandpa have a very special relationship too.
3: Yeah. Even I even
1: mean- Olive and uh, Olive and Dwayne and Olive and Frank have more of a connection than they do with other characters.
2: I have two answers for that. So I would say I enjoy Dwayne and Frank's relationship the most, but I think I connect to Olive and her brother's relationship the most. Um, because so I have two brothers, um, my little, I'm, I'm closer with my little brother. Um, but how she is with her older brother is how I felt like I am with my older brother. Like, you know, me and my older brother don't really talk much. Um, Dwayne doesn't talk at all until that breakdown scene. And it was almost like for some reason, um, the Richard knew, like, Olive, maybe you should go talk to him. And, like, she goes down and she just hugs him. Um, I think I appreciate and I can relate to that relationship dynamic between those two characters. Um, And I can kind of appreciate that because I feel with my older brother, that's kind of the bond. Like, he's, you know, he's my brother. I love him, but I don't really talk to him that much. Um, And I love my little brother, but our relationship, we're closer than that, you know. And I just feel like I like Dwayne and Frank's dynamic the most. Like, I enjoy watching that the most. But I relate to Olive and Dwayne the most Yeah,
0: because all kind life. of in terms of her relationship to everyone and how everyone views her, even though she's she's in it for the pageant, she's really she doesn't really have a stake in any of these kind of it's hard to look at all of and be like, oh, you're you're in this for yourself like if 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 um if they had told her like, oh, we're not going to the pageant anymore and and this or that she would she would probably you know be upset about it but it doesn't feel like if if any person went down to talk to Dwayne in that moment like olive was the only person that would feel the most personal and the and not have any kind of because she just she would just go down there to talk to relate to have an empathetic conversation as opposed to um like come on Dwayne, we need to get going like right now like pull yourself together like that. And and I think having that person as the dynamic absolutely is is a breath of fresh air as opposed to the rest of the family, which all feel very cynical in their own ways. And yeah, no, I totally agree that, that Olive's relationship with everyone is just very, very innocent and a nice yeah. opposite to what's happening to the family.
1: She's... Right. I mean, it's... it's you know, it's it's an obvious thing, but she is the glue that keeps them together. Or not even her necessarily, but the her goal, her dream is the glue. You know, even, even when the grandpa dies, it's like, all right, we still have to make it to the passion. There's some doubt with them when Richard's like, all right, we're moving the body. But they pretty quickly are like, all right, we're doing it. You know, there's they're all willing to set aside whatever problems they have, whatever things are dealing with their personal goals to make this happen. And I mean, she's, she's even learning throughout the movie when Dwayne tells or writes on the pad for her to go hug her mom. Right. You know, I think that's the only reason she could even think of just hugging Dwayne at the end when he's having his breakdown. You know, it's it's like she knew, you know, he kind of wished he could have been the one to hug his mom, but he needed to be the stoic teenager. And I guess she, you know, she just learned, you know, this is what he told me to do for her. I should do the same for him.
0: Uh, you guys want to move on to quotes? Uh, yeah. Favorite quotes?
1: Val, you're the guest. Uh, What's your Uh, favorite quote from the movie? um, Like I was telling you early. I know you have a couple.
2: I do have a couple, but I mean, uh, the one I think everyone wants me to say it's the the waffles and that, like, what does Alamodi mean? (laughs) Um, But I think I want to choose the quote there's a couple, but one I really liked because it was when the grandpa was talking to Dwayne and he says, fuck a lot of women, Dwayne, not just one woman, a lot of women. Yeah. <laughs> like I really, really thought that that quote was hilarious where I went back and I rewound it to make sure that I got the exact verbiage in the way he said it. <laughs> Cause I really, really liked that quote a lot.
1: Val has this special skill where she can quote things perfectly her movies. And she'll correct you if you quote it wrong. Like if you use if you use the wrong article or something. She'll she'll know it perfectly and she'll correct you for it. Uh so I I won't be surprised if I'm hearing her quote this movie all the time at work from now on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um I wouldn't be surprised if that quote from him about fucking a lot of women if I had seen this in my early teens walking out and being like that, that's my life motto now.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get that tattooed on my chest.
0: <laughs> well, I remember when I, when I first watched this a few months ago, I was watching it with Tiffany, and um, when, when, <laughs> when he had gone through this whole scene and then getting the porno mags and stuff, I was like, that's the vibe I want. When I grow up at that age, that's exactly how I want to be. Fucking a lot of women and buying porno mags at the, at the grocery stores and convenience stores.
1: I really like how he's wearing his leather vest over his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> like he's still. I really wish I had a black leather vest because I would have worn it for the podcast. Yeah, but I. I just watched him. I was like, man, he just doesn't care. He loves his leather vest. He loves his Hawaiian shirt. He's gonna wear both at the same time.
0: <laughs> that is such a Jose vibe. Once once you it like is. hit the hit your like uh, middle late midlife crisis and you become a motorcycle gang member. Right. That's that's when 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 early life hawaiian shirt jose meets midlife crisis motorcycle gang jose and you'll become exactly this character
1: i'll become uh the grandpa <laughs> i'll probably still just be a snorting dad. heroin
3: <laughs> please don't uh. snort heroin
1: <laughs> it's for the fans <laughs> no it's not
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it for content you'll record yourself and and we'll we'll make some good quality stuff out of it Uh, I forgot in the waffle scene, the dad just tells Frank to shut the fuck (laughs) up up. (laughs) (laughs) because he's going on about what what modus is in Latin and he just says, Frank, shut the fuck up. And then he starts talking to – that's when he starts talking to to Olive about the ice cream, I think, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I think he's just saying, yeah, you're going to – there's fat in ice cream and then it turns into fat in your body.
0: God, what a fucking – He's
3: such a, what a dick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're a dick. Like leave her
0: alone.
2: She's seven years old. Let her enjoy her ice cream.
0: I think that's, that scene was the most uh, emotionally resonant for me, just watching it and feeling so bad for her and, and just relating on so many times in life where like you want to do something and then someone's telling you all the reasons why it's wrong and you're just thinking, oh mm-hmm. man, I, I just want them a fucking ice cream. Just let me get that ice cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. dad is a dick, but yeah, he. I'm glad he he has a nice a nice little art. A little side to him. He he yeah. gets
1: um. Uh, there's a resolution to him. You enjoy
0: him at the end. Yeah. What's your favorite quote, Jose?
1: Um, I have two.
0: You can't do that. Here, I, I'm Jose. doing we have two. Strict rules. I'm doing
1: two because. <laughs> One resonates with me as in, like, terms of living, and the other one resonates with me in terms of dinner. Okay. Um, so I really like when they're talking, when Dwayne and Frank are talking, and Dwayne says, you do what you love, fuck the rest. I had a feeling you would say that. <laughs> I, I really like that quote. Did I steal your quote? Yeah, you stole my quote. Ha, I was gonna say to the fuck. whole.
0: I was gonna say the whole thing like a real gentleman. Hey,
1: I resonated <laughs> with that one line. I'm all about uh quick and to the point. Yeah, but it, fine. If that's not my favorite quote, even though I just already took yours, it's definitely Grandpa complaining about the dinner when he says oh every night God. it's the fucking chicken. Holy God Almighty! Is it possible just once we could get something to eat for dinner? Around here, that's not the goddamn fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate chicken.
0: <laughs> that's the exact opposite of if I was a grandparent in my in my child and grandparent's home, or grandson's home, grandchildren's home, is, is I would say, where's the fucking chicken? Can't we have some fucking chicken in this house?
1: I would complain. I complain today about eating chicken, like in this current Grow state. up. I don't like chicken. Grow up. I don't like it. How about you find a quote, Blake?
0: Um uh, well, I want to talk about the quote that you stole from me. Oh, okay, um, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, where he says, "Fuck the rest." Uh, I'll say the whole quote. Um you know what? Fuck beauty contests. Life is one fucking beauty contest after another. School then college then work. Fuck that. And fuck the Air Force Academy. If I want to fly, then I'll find a way to fly. You do what you love and fuck the rest. Um specifically where he's saying like if I want to fly, I'll I'll fly. Um and it's it's exactly kind of compared to how Olive treats her beauty pageant life. Um, if she wants to compete, she wants to do beauty pageants how she wants to do beauty pageants. And it's basically, fuck the rest. Like, I just want to do beauty pageants. If I, if I can't do beauty pageants in California anymore, then fuck it. I'll go do them at home if I want to. And I think that's a central theme of the movie Is is finding that balance between pure focus on succeeding and being the best and and winning and not losing and and simply doing what you love even though you might not be obsessed with it to the point where you're getting taken out of of contests cuz you're overusing diet pills or something like it's it's at like
1: 7 years old right <laughs> and
0: i think that's a good message to encompass kind of everything in that way and you see jose that's why you don't get to choose two quotes because that's more of a chance to take someone else's quote so um
1: this is not the first time that this has happened you should always be prepared
0: um so i'm gonna go ahead and pick my favorite quote it says on imdb pageant mc ah that is so sweet audience applauds that's my favorite quote (laughs)
2: that's a good that's a good quote
0: you're sweet
3: Blake.
2: I mean, since everybody's talking about double quotes, I'm going to throw in my second favorite quote because I was telling Jose that I really couldn't pick. But, and you were talking about a good message and the the night before the grandpa ODs, um, because Olive is bunking with him and she asks him, am I pretty? And his response is, Olive, you are the most beautiful girl in the world. And she's like, no, you're just saying that. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you. And it's not just because of your brains or your personality, but because you're beautiful. And the fact of how you see her face just light up mm-hmm. after he says that, it, I think it's just like, I mean, it sucks he dies after. But at least he died with that being the last thing he said. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. I like that quote so much.
0: It's a good memory so. to to leave that off with with Olive. And yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, because she's having after... body issues
2: the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's you know? the same day as the ice cream, as the ice cream incident, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. so
1: she's she's already thinking about that, and then she's associating being a loser with her dad not liking her, and then she's associating eating ice cream with being fat, and then being a loser. She she needed that from her grandpa to, I think, make it to the beauty
0: pageant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got some meme reviews coming in, coming in hot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Val, you have your meme review?
2: Oh, my meme review. Okay. I wanna give this movie ten alamodis out of ten. Um <laughs> strictly just because one, for my love of ice cream, and two, I think this movie's ten out of ten. And why not make a ten bowls of alimodi?
0: That's great. Nice. And fitting since we Thank had you. Alimodi for our for our dinner.
2: Yep. Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> ten alimodi out of ten. Not the
0: waffles, and just just the Alamodi. I would say the entire waffle and ice cream is just—it's a ten out of ten meal. Is
1: that has that been your favorite Absolutely. meal since we started this?
0: Um, I mean, your pumpkin pie was pretty shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, Jose. I felt so bad saying that. I take it back.
1: <laughs> did you finish that? Oh no!
0: I did finish it. Yeah, I finished it. Okay. So good. It obviously, wasn't shit, was it? No, it was. It was amazing. <laughs> I ate like I ate like half of it the day but the day after and like.
1: This is the cheesecake all over again. <laughs> oh, so good! I'm, I'll get some cheesecake, cheesecake for next week.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just, um, <laughs> we'll find something. You got a you got your meme review, Jose?
1: I do. Uh, for me, this is nine step nine nine step plans out of nine <laughs> nine step plans. <laughs> uh, yeah. That. Uh, Blake, what's your what's your meme review?
0: I actually don't have one. Give me a second. Oh
1: my god, I can't oh my believe that. Well,
0: I was trying to I was All right. I was thinking about responding to you guys respectfully and not using your time for thinking about my
1: You're the thing. funny guy,
0: Blake. Oh, now you're putting a lot of uh Okay, here we go. All here's right. here's mine. Make, make I me I give I give this movie ten um unnecessary extra quotes Jose feels like he deserves to give himself for a movie review out of 10. Okay, Jose? I I thought
1: you were going to say it again. (laughs) It's it's fine. Blake will get over it. (laughs) Just like... uh, as soon as he fights me outside, he'll get over it.
0: Yeah, Jose has been wanting to fight me for years, and I've kicked his ass a few times. <laughs> we've, we've never done it. So Val, yeah, he gets
2: that urge sometimes. <laughs> you just have to ignore it.
0: <laughs> what is your uh, real review? Did you when you said ten out of ten? Did you mean that?
2: Um, my genuine review, I would say it's it's probably an an eight and a half out of ten for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because this movie for me is very quotable, but that doesn't say much about me. But. Cause you know I quote I'll, I quote a lot of movies, but um, I feel the movie's very quotable. I feel it's really relatable, um, and you know for it not being a super big film, for it being an indie film, I think it's really well done. So I give it an eight and a half out of ten.
1: What about you, Blake? What's um, your What's your real review of this movie?
0: I'd knock that down point five points and give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I I agree. I think it, I think it's a great movie. I think. Um, I my only main gripe with it is I wish Tony Collette's character had a little bit more I wish they had dealt with her divorce a little bit more than just have it kind of as an off offhand exposition and an offhand like insult from from Dwayne. Um but yeah, overall this movie's it's so sweet. It's got such a great message, it's funny, it's quirky, it's cute, it's everything a indie film needs to be of this caliber, and it's and I I rewatched it you know two times within like a couple months and had no problem with it so this is yeah it's a great movie I like it a lot what's yours Jose?
1: Um, I've been thinking a lot about what a ten out of ten is for me and I think this movie is is that wow um, I actually already I watched it twice I watched it Sunday and today that's the first time I've watched a movie twice before the before the podcast um. And I think I said that before on previous episodes that 10 out of 10 is a movie that changed my life. And I want to amend that to say that 10 out of 10 is a movie that changed my life for a bet for the better. You know, a lot of movies I watch and they change my life because I feel like they were okay or that, that, that good. Cats like and dogs. Cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go home and maybe watch it again. Really? and Because I'm still thinking about this movie, and I'll be thinking about this movie for weeks. And I think it's the messages that it has and the way it approaches its characters and the way it tells its story very easily. It's such an easy movie to watch. And I think it has changed my life for the better, so I'll, I'll say 10 out of 10. I know it's two oh. weeks in a row and I don't want to seem like a ten out of ten slut, but also Well, it again. we're just
0: picking the best movies for this pod. <laughs> we are Cats picking and really dogs. Good movies. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh what else have we watched? <laughs> um
0: Cats and Dogs. Karate two, Kid. <laughs> Cats and Dogs Three.
1: Five hundred days of summer. <laughs> uh Blake. What are we watching next week?
0: Well, next week we're we're rounding off the spooky month with Alien. So get your uh, get your brown pants on because it's gonna be a scary one.
1: All right. Uh, so let's wrap it up. Uh, this has been dinner with a movie. Thank you, Val, for uh, you know eating dinner and watching a movie.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Sorry for all the technical hiccups, but, um, yeah, this was great. I, I loved watching this movie. Thanks for, thanks for picking this one for us.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it.
0: Well, tune in next week for some spooky alien. Um, and we'll have a good time. We'll be, uh, we'll be probably eating some candy cause we'll be trick or treating, uh, COVID COVID treating. COVID treating. We'll yeah. All
1: right. Well, thank you, Blake. Thank you, Val.
0: And um, shut the fuck up, Jose. Okay, is all I have to say.
1: You're really upset about the quote thing, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: was just trying to quote. Uh, I was just trying-